I'm Tafari Jamian. And I'm Eunice Hong. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! yeah. Before we get started, we'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset daily. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the indigenous communities of that area, and think about how you can make the world a little better through that. So welcome back. It is 2021. We just took our little two-week break and we're back in Adam this week with Saints and Misfits by SK Ali. We are sort of casually doing a series uh, of books that reflect on faith and teens and their relationship with faith. This was going to be a more formal series and then we kind of all burned out at the end of 2020 and wanted to just do some fluff in December. Um, But we had some very good books lined up that we wanted to do. So that's what we'll be doing for the most part in January. And we're kicking it off with Saints and Misfits by SKLE, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, there were so many things that I really liked about this book. Um, Characters were really well fleshed out and like you wanted to meet all of them. And that's one of the good things. One of my favorite things about um, like YA contemporary books where you meet characters that feel really real, you know, um, and are very um, fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read SKLE before and met SKLE, um, and she is lovely, uh, but I know you haven't. So we're coming from different places and familiarity with her canon. But one of the things I really appreciated about this book, which I have in her in her last book as well that we read, um, is that I find that she really writes protagonists who make the choices they make for themselves very clearly Mm. and distinctly and um, I think that's really powerful especially in books that are talking about like spirituality and teens which uh, in both of her books her main characters are devout Muslim young women who are um, very committed to their faith practice Um, and I think it's very cool that she writes these protagonists who really know how they want to live and are very committed to that and and engage actively with their faith and with their lives. Um, one of the ways that I think she does that that is cool is by having her characters usually have parents whose relationship with religion may be different. And in a lot of cases, I think in both books, now I'm, I don't remember super clearly if the last one did, but I liked in this one how um, how her dad was not a like devout practicing Muslim. He was more mm-hmm. of a like casual cultural Muslim. And while her, her her mom is also hijabi and and she's kind of finding her own way. Uh, and I think that's a cool way of making sure that her story is her own. I totally forgot to do a synopsis. Gonna do that real quick. Saints and Misfits is about a young girl named Jana. I couldn't figure out where she lived. Did you catch where she lived? Did I just miss that? 
it seemed like in the Midwest somewhere, because, you know, yeah. they had that thing where she was going to Chicago, like her dad yeah. lives in Chicago, I was... um, and they drove there, and it seemed like she was in Indiana, and in, I don't know, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. So I, it, I missed it too. It is kind of, I think it is kind of an, like, in specific midwestern north america location um i definitely got toronto vibes and i know that skle grew up in toronto uh so i have a suspicion it might be a sort of decanative canadianified toronto <laughs> but also i know that like every city in the great lakes area is near a great lake um, so it really could be any of those. So Jenna is in high school. She is a photographer and she is dealing with having been assaulted by her friend's cousin and she feels like she can't tell anybody. Um, and she also has a crush on a non-Muslim boy and she's kind of dealing with what that means for her. Uh, and also her brother is dating a girl that she's not sure about. And there's kind of these three storylines that that weave together. Uh, throughout the book but it really is largely a story about her deciding what she wants to do about a guy who everybody thinks is great but who has assaulted her specifically people in her community but there's a lot that happens in it yeah there's a lot that's going on and so the one thing I do have to say was it was kind of hard reading this um, I listened to it on audio, and I was having trouble following all the plot lines. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but um, besides that, I really liked that she kind of delved into all of all of these things. Um, and it was one of those books where, like, I found myself like googling terms and things like that. And so it was very like I really appreciated that, like. Um, the information was like on the page, but then it really prompted me to do a lot of like research for myself or like to educate myself on um, kind of her life and her being Muslim. Yeah, it kind of comes back to the last conversation that I think you and I had when we were talking about books that um, that write to their audience and aren't writing just kind of like a bland palatable version of what this what what being a muslim is or um and i can't remember what book that we were talking about that in but uh but it's cool to have that always i think when we reviewed love from a to z that was one of the things because sanya and i um, when Sanya, who was our, for those of you who don't know, was our summer intern a couple of years ago, uh, the same year Caddy started with us, who is Muslim. And so we read a few books about Muslim teens. And I remember her saying what she loved about the SKLA books is uh, that it's not kind of a like Islam written for uh, non-Muslim audiences. Um, and that is always really cool to see. A really big theme in the book Uh, is the fact that Jana chooses to wear a hijab. She engages quite a lot with uh, sort of the different, like, degrees of hijabi you can be. Um, She has friends who are Muslim and don't wear a hijab. She has friends who are, well, one friend in particular who is exploring uh, uh, wearing a niqab, which is the more heavy veil. Um, And I really enjoyed the way Jana's 
experience with the hijab sort of towards the beginning of the book feels like it's just something she does because she feels like she is that level of devout and through the book uh, she really kind of owns it in a more empowered way and I found that line very very interesting I thought I thought it was really cool yeah I think that what really worked for me was you get her internal monologue throughout the whole book, right? Mm -hmm. And so she has, like, she has opinions and um, ideas and things that she holds dear, and it's really clear to the reader that she's really thinking through all of these things, that, um, yes, this is her life, um, and that it's... um, it's her religion, but she's also, it's, um, it's really great to see that it's a person who is, um, like, having questions and struggling, and, um, but then also, like, in the end comes to her own and is like, this is okay, it's okay to believe what I believe, it's okay that this is where I land, and it's okay that other people landed where they landed as well, um, and so, like, the one word that like kept coming to mind while reading this was like nuance Mm -hmm. um and so like when you when you said that like yeah she has different friends who have degrees of how they feel about wearing hijab um and so she um we're able to hear her internal dialogue and see like that there are other people around her who may think similarly or differently to varying degrees um and I really really like that Absolutely. Yeah. Having the diverse community is really cool. Having grown up with a certain level of like modesty culture and like Christian modesty culture, uh, I am somebody who often feels very like shy of shy in the like ich way rather than the like oh no way of any kind of like clothing choices made for religious reasons I I get very uncomfortable because of my own experience and I found that seeing the diversity around her and seeing that Jana was like totally comfortable with other Muslim girls having different standards was very helpful for me in understanding uh, her choice as very much her choice um and so like yeah I really agree I think having that diverse cast around her made a really big difference for me personally and in um understanding her as a character yeah and I've taken a step further to say that like with her and knowing like kind of what she was thinking about and there's and I think a big part of it that i felt like when I was reading that I got was like it's also okay to like make decisions and make mistakes with those decisions right um I think that was a big part of it too is like Jen as a teen she's really just um like and teens are learning and like I mean we're all learning right um and there's room to make mistakes and to um like figure that out um, and I really, I really resonated with that whole aspect of it. It's not only that there's like diversity um, in the people around her. It's just, it's more that like she kind of goes on this journey of like um, trying to figure out like what 
this religion means for her. Yeah. Um, and she's able to make mistakes along the way. Absolutely. And I, I like how um her, even her perception of like other people's devotion changes. So like I'm thinking of her brother's fiance, Sarah, who I think is mm-hmm. a great character. She's one of my favorite characters in terms of just like how interesting and how much depth her character has. And what I really love right. is that she starts out as being somebody who like, Jana kind of resents because she feels like Sarah's too perfect and um, going through the book as she gets to know Sarah better it becomes very clear that she just like has no idea who Sarah is and um, and we get more of Sarah's backstory and um, and why she uh, became a Muslim and why she's so committed to it and that was very cool to see the development of from almost like a cliched like oh she's so perfect and I'll never be that perfect Ugh, I hate her to a much more fleshed out much deeper relationship of mutual respect and affection um that was very cool well I think that with her like because the chapters are kind of like organized through these like um I think they're like four main like sections or it's like saints misfits monsters and there's I think there might be something there's another one but it's kind of like how kind of Jana sees the world and categorizes people yes um and that's like a big part of the book um and so she calls Sarah Saint Sarah mm-hmm. in the beginning mm-hmm. and it's like oh I can't believe that she's like the one that like mothers point to and like you're shamed because like she's so perfect mm-hmm. um and then like towards the end of the book like she find like all these different people that she interacts with she like puts them in different categories and like the categories like shift throughout the book um and so I thought that was a really clever way of um SKLE was doing that in um through the story Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. There's a saints, misfits and monsters. And then sometimes she puts little through as the book goes on, she starts having like misfits and monsters or like, Mm -hmm. yeah, um, it's true. I didn't I just checked because I didn't get it as clearly. Um, I was reading it as an ebook. I always think it's really interesting to see how the different formats that we read the books and affects like what we pick up on. But in an audio book, I guess it would be very like apparent uh, because you really read every word. Um, but she does. Yeah, that's how she categorizes the world. So speaking of monsters, <laughs> I, I also want to talk about the other the, the storyline that I found so satisfying in this, which is the outing of a predator in a faith community, because that is sort of the, the main I mean, that is what the story begins and ends with. That's the main narrative mm-hmm. arc in this quite rich at layered book. So there's a a man who she mainly refers to as the monster, but again starts referring to him by his name more and more as he becomes less scary to her throughout the book, Farouk. And um, I really appreciate, I really laud the choice to make him somebody who was really well respected in the community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was just like, that that was a good choice. That was an unflinching choice. And again, I mean something that I can align with my own background because predators hide I think in pretty much uh, every community there is 
um, and don't always look like predators. And, and the push of the story, what I find so beautiful and so compelling about it is that Jana's fear is that she is not devout enough towards the beginning. She is worried that because he is known as a, as a great scholar in the community and as, you know, a really good mm-hmm. guy, nobody will believe her. Um, but that fear seems really rooted in this this idea that he is this great, devout, upstanding guy and she is not um, mm-hmm. great, devout, and upstanding. She feels really insecure in her identity, in her in her faith identity. And by becoming more a part of her community, by connecting with people more, um, she finds the courage to out him for what he is. Oh, I don't know if I can give the end away, but the response yeah. is just so good. It was so satisfying. It was like, yeah, it was great. And it was really, really satisfying to see both a storyline that is a young woman really in her own power coming to own her experience and be self-confident enough to to take necessary action but also in seeing that her fear really just came from herself and that her community was ready to love her and support her and embrace her Um, Mm -hmm. because I think often that is not the story we see in the world Mm -hmm. Um, and that was really really nice yeah I was worried (laughs) (laughs) to how that whole thing was going to play out, right? Um, I think I was like, oh my goodness, this could go a million different ways. Um, And like, I don't know, it's like maybe 70% of the way into the book, like, and we haven't really like touched on like the climax of this (laughs) thing. (laughs) So I was getting really nervous. Um, But yeah, like without giving too much away, I think what you touched on was like what I thought was really refreshing is that, in the end, it, like, um, she really comes to this idea about fear and how yeah. she's not afraid anymore. Um, and that part of it was like, oh, yeah, like, it it was so simple. But I was like, that makes sense as, like, the whole, like, way that this is going to wrap up in this book. And I was like, wow, yeah, like, I really didn't think that this was going to be the ending. And it was, I thought it was really well well written s kelly always writes these fleshed out full badass muslim women and it is very cool to see i really love seeing these stories of teenagers who embrace their faith and make it their own and make the choices they make for themselves even if sometimes I like don't understand the choice or like for me I'm Mm -hmm. like I I wouldn't do that (laughs) um it's always so clear in the way she writes her characters that they are making these choices themselves and that I think is what makes her such a great author is that she's able to communicate even to me as somebody who's very skeptical frequently of a lot of the things that came up and a lot of the kinds of choices that Jenna was making for herself. But when I read S.K. Ali writing this character, 
I understand that she is empowered and that she is making these choices for herself. Um, And I think that's like almost, I don't know, I always get like a little cagey around talking about like the responsibility of the author. But I do think that young Mm -hmm. adult authors have a responsibility to their readers because they are adults writing for not adults. And um, that is a responsible way to write about religion, in my opinion. That's a really good point, um, because I think you and I growing up, um, like, this is something that I think both of us really are, like, have sensitivity about, because when we were um, teens, I think we were both fed a lot of messages, right, that stayed with us till now, and we're, like, (laughs) unlearning we're unlearning we're um trying to figure out like um what were the things that adults told us that really were just wrong um or like really abusive or um and for context like both of us went to a christian private um private school for middle and high school so a big chunk of our adolescence was in that in those spaces um and I would say that it was um it was like the typical like evangelical Christian conservative um messaging that we both received for a lot of different things um and that's one thing that we are like probably unpacking and still unpacking to this day um and I think that what you say about um like adults writing to teens, uh, writing for teens as their audience do have that responsibility to, um, yeah, write these stories. Um, And it was so wonderful to see that on the page. Yeah, and I think the one thing about this book that I really liked was um, the character of Jenna's uncle, who's the imam. Yes. Um, He has this... this, uh, column um, where he gets uh, like readers questions and then he writes the, um, he writes an answer to them and Jana like um, edits them I think it is mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just really like that exchange back and forth and how, like the role that played in the story and just like it was um, a kind of another really great way to um, bring nuance again that word um, to um, to the story um, so I really appreciated that. Um, that part really was like, man, that's it's so good to like see that um, on the page. Yeah, absolutely. I I really also loved the bit with the Ask an Imam column and like her writing to that column that <laughs> she edits before it goes public. <laughs> to me, was. It was a great moment in the story and I also found it just so true and so believable, you know, like it made Mm -hmm. me remember that as a teenager once I felt like I couldn't ask my sister about something because I was embarrassed and I literally wrote a letter and put it in the mail and pretended to be a friend of mine. (laughs) And like my sister receives it and just comes in and is like, so do you want to talk about this? (laughs) But like this is something teenagers do. Like like it, you you want to be able to test the water to see how someone's mm-hmm. going to respond to something before you bring it up. Um yeah. and it just it 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 was such a believable moment. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And I liked it a lot. I think if this book (laughs) was, I think it really is the difference, like you were saying, of is this something I'm doing because an adult told me to? And the alternative they made very unpleasant or is this something I'm doing because it is right for me Um, Mm -hmm. and if this was a book that was entirely just her going well my parents told me not to date a Muslim or not to date a non-Muslim so I'm going to only date Muslims and my parents told me to wear a hijab so I'm going to wear a hijab and I feel happy about this because I'm being obedient to my parents I would be like this is not a compelling or responsible story but because all the not only is she very clearly making her own decisions but all the adults around her when she asks them questions instead of giving her answers they will ask more questions and just kind of encourage her to come to her own conclusions about things um Mm -hmm. and that's such a healthy (laughs) environment to see a teenager in Mm -hmm. um and i'm just very happy that in the current climate in north america as well as in europe um where people are horribly islamophobic all the time and in quebec Mm -hmm. specifically quebec is uh, quebec and ontario but quebec specifically is really horribly islamophobic i think it's so important to have a book like this that shows the muslim community as you know a wide community with a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds but including these very strong, very nurturing communities that raise strong, independent women. That's so important to have, and I'm I'm so glad it exists. And I was really, really happy that SKLE was a guest at Montreal Yeah Fest in 2019 um, mm-hmm. because the Quebec government can ugh, just choke on a nail or something. God. <laughs> But really, I think, I mean, that's the big difference, right? Like, you and I come from a culture that has, like, I I don't know. I even hesitate to say some of the same ideals because I also feel like the whole idea of, like, the, I, I sometimes think that my idea that, like, Christianity and Islam aren't too far apart teachings-wise probably actually comes from uh, being raised in Christian supremacy. Um, mm. and like I think the more I learn about Islam I'm like oh no this this assumption that I have is largely based in me just having no idea what Islam mm-hmm. is but yeah there's such a big difference I think you brought this up maybe before we started recording but there's there's such a big difference between th- the rules that are part of our overwhelming culture like the idea of the, the Christian modesty culture is something that goes far beyond Christians. It's something that's in, mm-hmm. like, modern parlance all over North America, um, mm-hmm. as are, like, Christian sexual mores. And the difference is really, like, is it easy culturally, you know? Like, I mean, no, there's more differences. But, like, it's important to have minority religion representation, because mm-hmm. there are devout Muslim teens just like Jenna in the world who need to see themselves represented. And especially, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking of like a teenager growing up in Quebec where the government is literally making it illegal for a woman to wear a hijab if she's a public servant. Having a story that affirms her choice 
and says mm-hmm. like yes this is about you this is your choice this is something that is empowering for you do it is so important mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> and like the Quebec government's entire deal is that it's anti-feminist to allow women to wear what they choose to wear Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah I think like with like laws like that and things like that it really you can easily expose like the hypocrisy in that and I think um, it's kind of like they use that as an excuse right and also it's a thing where like maybe because in like Christian traditions like that is that whole feeling is like so prevalent but even though like it's really not um like anti-feminist right like yeah what what does that mean and can you even like <laughs> even bring that into thinking about like oh you're not gonna be um critical of your like Christian values w- with that same framework but you're going to like use that same um use that argument to talk about like another religion where you have like no idea like what like you're equating those two things when you're not even willing to break um your own uh, I don't know your own beliefs right <laughs> with those with the, with that same framework um so I feel like that's it's really just I think for this for this book um I think if you say like the audience is um like Muslim girls, right? Yes. Um, like, I feel like that doesn't even come into the picture with this book. It's more just like, it's more of just being like, I think it's beyond showing like non-Muslims that there's like um, diversity in the religion. Um, I think it really is about like framing it as like, if you're a Muslim girl reading this book, like what are kind of the takeaways or what what is the feeling that you're going to have reading this book? And I think that's like way more important than um, like kind of us, even us reading it and being like, oh, wow, like this is teaching us a lot yeah. about this religion. Um, I think it means way more for the person who's going to be opening this and, and saying, like, I see myself on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, regardless of, like, what other, like, non-Muslims take away from this book, I think, like, um, or I hope that, like, um, that that girl who's reading this will be, like, I see like meaning or I get meaning from this book and I think that is what's happening here yeah actually now that you're saying that I'm thinking about how wonderful it would have been to come across a book like this written about a Christian teen Mm -hmm. when I was a Christian teen like struggling to reconcile Mm -hmm. like can you imagine finding a book that Mm -hmm. was like like this is a Christian girl who is this level of devout, but her friends have like this level and this level and like it's Mm -hmm. all okay and she understands that it's all okay because that's the really significant Mm -hmm. thing, you know? Like I feel like like Mm -hmm. we did know a number of people from different church backgrounds and different uh, Mm -hmm. levels of devoutness, but also it was very clear like who was okay levels of devoutness and who was not, Mm -hmm. right? And... uh, I think it I I think it would have been really really valuable to have found books about 
life as a Christian teen that were not simply propaganda from one sect or another, <laughs> which is what yeah. most of the Christian young adult literature is. Right. Yeah, because, like, they're all published by, like, mainstream Christian publishing houses, right? Like, it's all one type of story. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if you've read any of those books, but um, no. I remember reading a couple <laughs> of them, and they're all just, like, they're all basically, like, very formulaic. Yeah. Um, it's, like, a lesson <laughs> for each of the books. And, they... like, yeah, so it's just, like, it, there's no, like nothing there that's really like and and I don't know like I I I actually want to ask this question to um SKLE like being like writing about religion in this way whereas like is it because like because I don't know if she's felt any pushback from her like um like Muslim community or anything like that and I'm maybe she has I don't know I don't know um um but like that's the thing with like fundamentalist sex of religion right like there's no nuance there yeah you know um it's like my way or the highway so I want to know like kind of her background and like of like wondering like how she kind of came across like came to this point right um and like is able to write these characters and give that show that on the page um because I, yeah, I'm just, like, wondering, because, like, that's not something, like, that you would expect from a Christian, like, writer, or, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, definitely. Like, that's the thing. Like, it, it's, I want to see more and more books about teenagers who are religious coming out of mainstream publishing houses. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to see that normalized because like there are a lot of teenagers who do have that experience um I think the only Christian so now I'm like torn because definitely my church library had some truly terrible books that I read standing there like after church sometimes but I think they were all these short little volumes that were about missionaries that were like super Mm -hmm. problematic um (laughs) just like white saviorism little anecdotes Mm -hmm. but I read the Christie series which I remember loving and I mean I do love historical fiction so I think that's that's Mm -hmm. largely where that came from but I had totally forgotten about those books until recently I heard somebody mentioning them and just how like terrible and harmful they are and I was like at some point Mm -hmm. I should probably revisit that (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and see what got into my brain from that uh they're like they're like a woman in Appalachia in the like around the turn of the last century I think not the last century Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. the 18 to 1900s being good and virtuous (laughs) and getting (laughs) married (laughs) yeah she's like a teacher or something right like yeah yeah and she's not from the area Right? Like, she goes in and... Yeah, probably. I think, like, my... It felt very, very much like a a romance novel, but without sex. Like, I think it really is in the vein of, like, an Amish romance novel. Not that I've mm-hmm. ever read an Amish romance novel. I'm just assuming they there was have There sex. was sexual attention there. Yeah, there's plenty of, like... Yeah. But what she was most attracted to was his true devotion to the word of God. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, how mm-hmm. big is his devotion to the word of God, Christy? 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I've read a couple of... It's a whole series, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah well, you're series. a romance reader, right? Like, you'd probably... Mm-hmm. You'd probably... Maybe we should do... Maybe we should talk about those books sometime. That might be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there are. Like, I'm, I'm sure other religions also have the, like, nutcase presses that that just print propaganda like i'm sure that exists Uh, yeah and i am yeah it it is kind of like an unfair argument too because like christianity is very dominant in all like like you were saying it's like it's a dominant culture thing it's no it's not just religious right it's very it's very much embedded in the culture so you could say that like a lot of the book you know yeah so it's it's not really a fair um comparison at all um but i do kind of wonder like yeah what that's like mm-hmm. to write that write that kind of book um so what i'm hearing is we should probably send us Kaylee an email and see if she wants to sit down <laughs> with us sometime yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but overall i mean i think uh, Saints and Misfits I have been hearing about for a long time I think mm-hmm. Sanya like absolutely raved about it actually and I was really happy to read it um, it's very good I recommend it uh, I, I definitely recommend it <laughs> if you live in Quebec um, like this is one that I would love to see taught Mm. Like I would love to see this yeah. as part of a curriculum or summer reading or something. I think yeah. it's it's something that would be very valuable um, to yeah. to make young people read. Yeah, there are a lot of pl- uh, there are a lot of things happening in the book um, that you could do discussion questions on and do like um, yeah yeah do a teaching like a whole lesson on on it. Yeah. Um, it's very ripe for that for sure and, and to just like get questions rolling and starting people to talk about that like it, there's a lot in there yeah well and also I mean like for us as adults it was educational in terms of learning mm-hmm. more about Islam so like yeah yeah teach it to teenagers and offset some of the ugliness that they encounter in other forums you know there's a sequel coming out Oh, really? Um, I, I realized that. Yeah, because, like, the ending is kind of abrupt. Um, it does close um, a, a, some of the, like, storylines, right? But then you kind of want to know. So, like, in the book, <laughs> there is, like, a romance yeah. burgeoning, like, storyline that, like, didn't really get fleshed out. And I was kind of like, oh, this is interesting that she's, like, playing with it. But it does end really abruptly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in the next book... I think the synopsis is like um, her brother Muhammad and Sarah are getting married. Yeah. Like it's their wedding. And there's, so that book is coming out, I think this year. That's exciting. I should have noted. Yeah, there's a sequel. Oh, you know what? <laughs> and I love that. And I like, now that you're saying that, I'm so excited to read it because you're right. I remember getting to the end of the book and being like, okay, it's kind of cool that she didn't mm-hmm. like force a romantic happy ending um, because mm-hmm. this is very much a book that is about Jana and like what she mm-hmm. needs. But I'm excited about that. But also, I really love the idea of having like 
a princess diaries style like super long (laughs) series following a teenager Mm -hmm. who's religious from the time that she's like a Mm -hmm. freshman until she's like a young adult because that's Mm. such an important time for religious development spiritual development figuring out who you are um yeah and that might be really cool Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that this is definitely going to be that, but now that you're saying that, I think it would be cool. <laughs> that is a series I would like to read. Yeah. Because, like, religion and spirituality is dynamic, you know? Whether mm-hmm. you whether you start out in one faith tradition and switch to yeah. another or more or uh, reject faith traditions or whether you stay in the same faith tradition your entire life, there's mm-hmm. always nuance. There's always changing and shifting and growing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is a journey that isn't explored too often in young adult Mm -hmm. literature. And I think that's a shame. Like, I think often, as you were saying before, religion gets, like, religious books need to come from religious presses and secular books come from secular presses. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's, you know, people are missing out. Like, that's a rich part Mm -hmm. of life that everybody engages with to some extent or another so I'm excited to continue engaging with it with this series and talk about it a little more thanks for listening to yeah if you want to leave feedback suggest a book for us to read or just say hi send us an email at the podcast at gmail.com follow us on twitter at yeah podcast and individually I'm at tefferbear although I'm currently on private because of job hunting reasons and i am on instagram at the unicorn reads a book that's unicorn with an e if you like the show and want to help us make it even better consider supporting us on patreon you can get all kinds of great perks including early access to bonus content shout outs guest appearances and more uh one of the perks that you always get is our reading schedule well in advance so if you like to read along with us um You can plan ahead and do that if you're pledged uh, as low as a dollar a month. All of our patrons get that perk. You can head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine Reshi, Erica Stetchberry, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenhove, Chantal Thomas, Maddie Dever, Megan Jane, Emily Patton, and Emmett Cameron. Thank you all so much. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at TeePublic. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, by subscribing to our show on Spotify, and by sharing this episode with a friend. I mean, there's so many options here. Maybe a friend who is religious, maybe a friend who is not religious, maybe a friend who just likes really good getting the baddie stories. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by me, Tempera Jemian, and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Hello, my name is Stefan and I am the host of a show called Some Good Friends and it's a podcast and it will make you laugh and we talk to some of my good friends and they're crazy and hilarious and wacky and you're going to love them just as much as I do. Currently, while I'm recording this, I forgot to mute all my other takes so I'm hearing myself say different words in my ears. The show comes out every Monday weekly. 
If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else.